The Innovator's Dilemma by Clayton M. Christensen. Summary from 4-Minute Books, written by Nicholas Gouquet and read by Craig Trailer. One-sentence summary. The Innovator's Dilemma is a business classic that explains the power of disruption, why market leaders are often set up to fail as technologies and industries change, and what incumbents can do to secure their market leadership for a long time. Favourite quote from the author. Disruptive technology should be framed as a marketing challenge, not a technological one. The Innovator's Dilemma has been on my list forever. The reason I kept putting it off was that I remember seeing the blinks for this book on Blinklist very early on, but somehow the English version had disappeared. Today, I finally decided to make do with the German version and give it a go. Shortly after Steve Jobs died, his biography was released. I read it the year it came out, in 2011, and remembered one thing very clearly from it. Steve Jobs said the innovator's dilemma had deeply influenced him. There weren't many books that Steve referenced throughout the interviews with his biographer, let alone business books. Naturally, I was curious about the one entrepreneurship book the guy who built the most valuable company in the world read. Likely, it was precisely because he recognised and solved the dilemma described in the book. Here are three lessons of what the book's about. 1. There are always two kinds of technology, disruptive and sustaining. 2. If a company's resources, processes and values don't match the market, no management can save it. 3. Market leaders can solve the innovator's dilemma by acquiring or funding subsidiaries. If you want to be an innovator, let's lift the veil of the dilemma you'll have to solve and how you can do just that. Lesson 1. There is disruptive technology and sustaining technology, and innovation works differently for the two. I'm not sure if Peter Thiel referenced this book in his business manifesto, Zero to One, but it wouldn't surprise me to learn this is where he got the original idea from. Clayton Christensen published The Innovator's Dilemma in 1997 and with it, disputed the way leaders talk about technological progress. He distinguishes between the two kinds of technologies. One, sustaining technologies. These focus on growing existing technologies by enhancing their performance, mostly through extended functionality or increased capacity. And two, disrupting technologies. These change the landscape of the entire industry or spark a new one altogether because they solve the problem in an entirely new way for an entirely new group of people. As you can imagine... Established businesses and market leaders shine when it comes to the first kind. They have built up enormous efficiency and vast amounts of resources, which makes it easy to provide incremental progress at scale, where incumbents often lack imagination and swiftness in disruption. For example, while it was a piece of cake for IBM to make hard disks thinner and add storage capacity in the 80s, adopting the new 1.5-inch format didn't come so naturally as long as 14-inch discs were still selling the best. Lesson 2. When the resources, processes and values of the company don't match the target market, even the best management won't help. The reason startups have a chance to overtake industry titans when it comes to distribution is that it starts low-margin niche markets. Because the target customer is often an entirely different one than before. Big companies are slow in servicing these because two of the three defining factors of a business's culture and capability to act are rigid for them. 1. Resources. Anything you can buy, sell, hire or fire. 2. 
processes, patterns of action and communication, both formal and informal. Three, values. The criteria by which managers and employees make all organisational decisions. Market champions are loaded with resources, but have very hardened process and fixed set of values, which rarely match the new target market of disruptive innovation. These three factors are increasingly hard to change, especially short term. So it's no wonder a company like Kodak has a tough time giving new technology like digital cameras the real attention it deserves. When your processes and values don't match the market distribution that forces you to break into, even the greatest management won't be able to salvage that dilemma. Lesson 3. The way market leaders solve innovators' dilemma is through equipping independent subsidiaries with what they need. So, what do you do then, if you're a leading player in a drastically changing field? Well, first of all, Clayton suggests you should accept the limitations of your processes and values. It's almost impossible to do well in developing both sustaining and disruptive technology from one source. As a result, big businesses usually try to force you to a new market to grow fast or wait too long and end up losing the position. Here's a solution Christiansen proposed. Fund or acquire a subsidiary company with the right values and processes. Equip it with necessary resources and let it do its thing. If you're off two of the three factors, well, use the third to make up for the first two. When you have a lot of cash and people, deploy some of those in a bold move to try and build something that matches what the market needs, even before it knows it. This is exactly what IBM did when PCs weren't really a thing yet. By the time they became mainstream, their subsidiaries had built up the right processes and values on it, and voila, IBM ranked in huge profits from the industry that it wasn't even its core focus. That's what Steve Jobs knew, and that's how you solve the innovator's dilemma. The Innovator's Dilemma Review Earlier today, I sent a video to a friend that breaks down how everything is just a remix of something that came before it based on the new Star Wars movie, Force Awakens. The premise of The Innovator's Dilemma has obviously been adapted and remixed many times in the 20 years the book has been out, and I wonder what he used to remix into the book himself. However, this seems like one of the few times that we get close to an idea that could be dubbed original as possible, and that alone makes this book worth a read. Then again, maybe you're just curious what Steve Jobs knew, that so many others didn't. How to solve the innovator's dilemma. What can you learn from the blinks? 1. Why sometimes the best thing you can do for your customers is to ignore them. 2. The reason there is a limit to how much innovation any market can take. 3. Whichever characteristics markets share where startups can strive. 4. How to deal with unpredictable developments. 5. Why business theory will only get you so far. And six, how to discover new markets based on destructive technology. Who would I recommend the Innovator's Dilemma summary to? The 27-year-old startup founder in training, who thinks his special fruit blender will really change the fitness industry. The 52-year-old Fortune 500 CEO. And anyone who sees his or her organization slowly falling behind in innovation.